You are now listening to the Coast to Coast Podcast with Flex and Dan. Dan. I'm ready to brine ya. Flex, what's going on, man? Damn, what's up, baby? Ready to talk some Phoenix Suns bubble ball, man. I love it. I love what I'm saying, man. Can't wait to get busy. Yeah, man. We're recording this at uh, about 4.30 Arizona time, about, like I said, an hour, hour and a half after the first uh, third scrimmage ended. And uh, it was a good one, man. Uh, our boys, uh, they went out and balled. Um, finished 2-1 uh, and one in the scrimmages, you know? Uh, and... I don't know, Maz. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to talk about in these three scrimmages. I mean, you wouldn't think so, uh, you know, with just being, you know, I guess exhibition games. But man, there, there's a lot to talk about. Um, you know, one player in particular, we're really going to get into, man. But what did you think? Oh man, I think um, these three scrimmages were uh, a resounding positive for the Phoenix Suns, man. I mean, listen, in my mind, there was uh, those three basketball games. I wanted to see us play well in three basketball games. Uh, we we looked we look dominant without Ricky Rubio in game one against uh, against Utah. 101-88 victory. Uh, the usual suspects played well. I think the surprise in that game was uh, my, my boy, Young young Scotty, a.k.a. Mikael Bridges. <laughs> Um, you know, he he started to show uh, something in that game and DeAndre's three-pointer. They got a lot of uh, notoriety. But, yeah, man, I, listen, the, the second game against Boston, I like how we played until the starters went out. I, I think that was a, a very good thing. And then, uh, man, I can't even express how excited I am about what I saw today. So, yeah, we'll get into it, man. But um, so far, uh, they've exceeded my expectations, bro. And that's that's really important. Yeah, definitely. Same here. I mean, you don't really have many expectations out of three exhibition games, right? Uh, they're 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 essentially warm up games for the uh, uh, for the eight seeding games. And from the beginning, uh, from Monty, uh, Book, you know, all the players, they're taking this serious. And I think you can't be anything other than encouraged from what you saw those three exhibition games because they 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 sure as hell look like. Uh, they, they, they were definitely taking them serious. Um, I know a couple of players had bad games. I don't, I don't, I, I mentioned to you off air, uh, DA looked a little off today. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but you know, it, players have bad games. It is, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get into some of the highlights. I think the biggest, yeah, you just mentioned it, young Scotty, right? We've, uh, we've made, I don't know if we've made the comparison on the podcast, but we have talked extensively off air about how the absolute ceiling for Mikel Bridges is a Scotty Pippen like player. And uh God damn man, these <laughs> these three games of I mean they've just wow. You know, I, that's all I can say, man, quite honestly. Yeah, man. I mean we we did, man. I think we brought it up vaguely in a couple pods. Um, you know, we we talked about, you know, like you said, the ceiling being Scotty Pippen, man. And I think um, I think the game is slowing down. 
I think Mikel Bridges is realizing that he can translate what he does in the basketball court in practice and he can bring it to a real game. Um, there's reports about how how much he's uh, looked, how good he's looked in practice. And one thing I'm starting to realize about uh, Mikel is he's doing something different that we haven't seen him do yet. Um, normally, Mikel Bridges is going to play the three-point line, and if they run him off the three-point line, he's passing the ball and cutting. And in these three games in Orlando, he's he's – dug deep into the bag and he's showing that if you run him off the three line he can put two three four dribble combos together he can hit the mid-range he can get to the rack he can score um with athleticism he's explosive so yeah man um if if there's anything to take out of these three games again and i'm going to emphasize this d man because i think this is important this is why it's important to be invited to the Orlando bubble. And this is why you don't take these games for granted. And this is why you just don't go into them and say, oh, they're just three scrimmages. No, like we may be looking back. We may look back, Dan, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to say this, this may be a hot take. We may be looking back in a year and saying the, the scrimmage in Orlando was where we saw the arrival of the new Mikel Bridges, the superstar in the making Mikel Bridges. We're going to look back when and say, man, that started in the bubble. You remember that game against Toronto in the bubble that meant nothing <laughs> and Kelly went nuts? Yeah, that's what's going to happen, man. I mean, I'm sorry, not Kelly, Mikel. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Uh, Mikel Bridges right now is looking – Mikel Bridges is making Ryan McDonough Look really good right now, bro. <laughs> like, like Ryan McDonough drafted Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Young Scotty Bridges. And if if we start to turn the table, man, Ryan McDonough is going to be to the Phoenix Suns what Sam Hinkie is to the Philadelphia 76ers, man. So I'm excited, brother. Let's go. I'm, I'm pumped up, I, man. I'm, I'm souped up. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment to a certain extent. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we forget sometimes that McDonough wanted SGA, right? That was a trade he had he had worked out. Yeah. And I think uh, Mr. Sarver and Mr. James Sarver Jones. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Sarver and James Jones were the ones that shut him down. They ended up getting McHale. So, um, hey, but he was still the GM at that point. So you got to give credit where credit is due, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Um, and I look at things as just – just the smallest tweaks, man, can make the biggest difference, right? A year ago, I know myself, a year ago, I was selling all of Mikel's stock, man. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't shoot a three. He was airballing threes. He was clanking them off the backboard. He had that hitch in his shot. Yeah. And uh, now I'm just like, man, I was wow today. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, God, I was like, the hell is going on, man? Who is um, this guy? Who is this guy? Cut, you know, just driving to the lane, Euro stepping, you know, a little mid range, a little floater, uh, up and under, you know, with the handle. And it's, God damn, man. It's, it's baby it's, hooks. It's, baby <laughs> hooks. It's insane. Uh, and, you know, I saw something on Twitter today. It was like, is Mikel Bridges the son's second best basketball player? And I'm like, damn. Ooh, I'm like, man. okay. I was like, that's, you know, you can look at that two, one of two ways. You can say, oh, that's disrespectful to DeAndre Ayton. Or you can look at it like, damn, like it, it just shows how big of a jump Mikel is making, right? Yeah. 
Um, and, and I mean, I know I've said this on the past uh, on the pod before. Is I, I wanted the Suns to trade Mikel for Brad Beal, man. He keeps playing like this, man. He's gonna be untouchable. It, yeah. This is just just hey. plain and simple. Hey D, let me tell you something. Um, right now, I'm not trading Mikel Bridges for anybody. I'm just not. I mean, listen, it may be premature, and we may be looking at three scrimmages. But listen, man. Again, I'll go back to my famous quote, right? If it walk like a duck and it quack like a duck, it's not a dog. It's a duck, man. Let's call him what it is. And we're looking at a basketball player that has grown up. He's progressed. The game is slowing down. He looks like he's comfortable in his own skin. The hitch, I'm a shooting coach, man. I, I work with people. And, and, and I, listen, I'm a big believer in, man, that, that if you shoot enough and you work on it, you can fix those things. Here's what you really can't fix, though. It's, it's damn near impossible to make a, you know, somebody, if you're not a defensive player, you're not going to play defense. Um, you can get better at it, but, I mean, the things that Mikel naturally brings to the table, the, the crazy wingspan, the athletic instincts, the defensiveness to shut somebody down 94 feet. I mean, if I'd have told you last year that we'd have two guys that can be defensive player of the, of the year on our roster, would you have believed me? Like, uh, I No, I mean, I would have said... I would have said maybe Mikel in the future. Maybe, right? But maybe. Two, you know, that's so I'm telling you right now, I think we we're up to something here, man. Like we we got a superstar in Devin Booker, who I call Mini Mamba, who's who's the in my eyes is the closest thing to Kobe Bryant in the league. And then you got a guy like DeAndre Ayton that I think Monty said it today in a press conference. I mean, this guy's trajectory is defensive player of the year one day. Um, that's how much he's gotten better on defense. And then you got a guy like Mikel Bridges, who I think pound for pound could be, and I've been saying this on Twitter for, for a long time. Go back in my go back in my uh in in, in my account and in, in, in my timeline. I mean, Mikel Bridges, I think, is if not already one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. And I think he'll be a top 10 player real quick in the NBA defensively. So you're talking about two guys that could be defensive player of the years, um, or all NBA defenders. That also brings something on the offensive end. We're not talking about just specialists. We're not talking about defensive specialists. You know, DeAndre Ayton's 22-12-2. And, and if you add all NBA defense to that, man, that's the MVP candidate. Now, you, you talk about Mikel Bridges doing what he did today, and, and that's that's crazy, man. Like, what, what Mikel Bridges did today, bro, is, is absolutely unreal. And if he can bring that every night, you're talking about an all-star, bro. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, what do you do today? 28 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block, 80, 83% from the field, 100% from the line, 80% from three. I mean, come on, man. That's, that's, bro, I don't care if you're doing that in the damn YMCA, bro. That's, that's legit, bro. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm big on Mikel right now, man. Yeah, that's super impressive, man. And I mean, a lot of people will sit there and say, pump the brakes, right? Don't, don't compare him to Pippen. And that's fine, right? Uh, like we said, it's a ceiling, right? Yeah. Um, everybody's a ceiling, and people like to kind of compare players from other eras. But it, all right, let's look at it realistically. Can Mikel Bridges be Andre Iguodala? Hell yeah. And Andre Iguodala was a finals MVP, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. so – I think, and the thing that people don't realize is Mikel, Mikel's, you know, he's great on defense. And he has these long-ass arms, man. I call him Slender Man. That's my, that's my nickname for him. <laughs> I like I call, it. I call him Slender Man. Nobody ever, you know, uses that nickname. but I like I, that. I, I, I like to call that. him that. 
Um, and he, you, you, you take a guy with the wingspan that Mikel has, and you, you put that kind of aggression that he's been showing in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Man, who, who's going to defend that? Who's going to block that shot? Who's going to? Nobody, man. Man, he, and, what he did against Tatum. Insane. I mean, what he did against Tatum, oh. bro. I mean, dude, I, I, I almost fell on the ground, man, when he blocked the shot and went coast to coast. I mean, Dan, we're looking at something special here. I'm telling you, I've been watching basketball a long time, bro. This guy right now, I'm, I'm not even going to go for the overreaction, man. This guy, listen, this guy, what he's doing is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is real life. This isn't some aberration. This guy's ready to break out, man. And if he becomes our second best player, yo, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> That means DeAndre Ayton is our third best player, and this guy's 2012, two and and playing great defense. I mean, it's a great problem to have. And, and let me tell you another. I'm sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to ramble and be long winded here, oh, man. But I'm super do. pumped up, bro. I think you can see the energy. You can see it in my <laughs> face, bro. I'm, I'm pumped Definitely, up. But let me man. tell you something. You know who else arrived today? Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that killer Cam. Killer Cam arrived, and um. It's not a, it's not an aberration. I've been saying this for a long time. I've been, I I you can go back to you know during the during the, the beginning of the year. You know, I was saying that my favorite lineup um and the lineup I wanted us to kind of stick with was the lineup we saw today. Rubio, Book, Mikel, Cam, and DA. Um and I say that because you know, I think Ricky Rubio with that lineup, Ricky Rubio can really show um, a different part of his game. You know, Ricky Rubio is a true point guard. One of two that's probably left in the NBA, him and Chris Paul. Those are true, absolute point guards. Um, everybody else is scoring guards disguised as point guards. You know, that's that's what they are. They're not real point guards. But, uh, but yeah, Ricky Rubio with that lineup, when you put Cam out there at the four, the way he can stretch the floor, D, um, and then what DeAndre does gravitational-wise on the pick and roll and how you – see, you see how many points Rubio scores just with DeAndre rolling and the gravity that, that he brings to the table? <laughs> you know, and that's stuff that people don't look at. People say, oh, DeAndre, you know, he didn't have a great game today. But, you know, when you go back and look at it, you're going to see about 15 points that we scored, D, that were basically DeAndre's points. I call them you know, the hockey assists, Right. You know, it, it's kind of like he he yeah. he didn't he didn't do anything in the play, but he did everything in the play. You know, and that's what I'm saying. So, um, I love that lineup, man. I I I um I think that's the lineup I would play Friday night against Washington. I'm going to be very upset if they don't. And and here's my hot take: stick with that starting lineup. Uh, Dario Saric off the bench, Frank Kaminsky off the bench, Javon Carter off the bench. And Aaron Baines off the bench. Nine-man rotation. Tell Kelly Oubre to stay home. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. Tell Ke- Kelly, man, I love you, man. Stay stay, stay in the hotel. Stay in the room. We're not going to try to mess this up right now. If you're not with us on Friday, don't be with us at all. And that's that's honestly how I feel. There may be people that's going to get pissed off for me saying this. But here's my thing, D. You either play Friday or don't play at all. Um, because I'm trying to go out there and, and do something as a son – I want the Suns to do something that's different, man. I want them to go out there and and, and go seven and one. You know, I want them. I want them. To, I want them to go out there and and be the team that leaves the bubble that everybody's talking about. And I think that nine man rotation makes it work. So, like I said, this five with Baines, Comiskey, Dario, and and JC. No more Ty Jerome. No more Elliot Cobo. No more campaign. Let's stick with nine in the bubble and let's rock. Yeah, well said, man. I mean. I, you know, 
I want to save the Kelly thing till later, but you hit it right on the head, man. Listen, when you're trying to integrate a player, right? Anytime a player comes back midseason, it takes a few games to get him integrated. And my thing with Kelly is he hasn't played since February, man. Right. And maybe he's been practicing, you know, light practice or rehab, whatever, whatever he's doing in the bubble. And that's fine. But if you can get into any type of a role, uh, like you said, you predicted he'd be back for the Clippers game. But if you go 2-0 and and you got a nice lineup going and you're, you're – I mean, you're firing in all cylinders, I'm not – I'm not breaking that up, man. Now, if if Kelly wants to come back and he wants to come come off the bench, cool. Hey, if he wants to buy into that, that's great, man. But I'm not breaking this up. You know what I mean? And you know, from from what you said about the the, the lineup, uh, man, Cam Johnson, he's guys a sniper, man. Guys a sniper. If he gets the, he gets the attempts, he's gonna knock down those shots, man. What do you knock down? Four threes today. Is that guy a rookie, yo? I got a question. He, he, <laughs> yo, I heard he was 30. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah, man. And you know what's crazy is, you know, I, I was listening to, uh, to, to to Zach Lowe's podcast today, and they actually talked about Book a little bit, talked about how he's he was uh, – talked about how he was kind of – he was just left off the third third uh, third, third uh, all-NBA third team ballot. Um, no mention of Donovan Mitchell, by the way. And, you know, they, they didn't go over the rookies, but I, I always wonder, why is Cam not mentioned in the all-rookie team? And there's two teams, right? First and second team. I don't expect them to make first team. Um, that's probably going to uh, Brandon Clark and, uh, and Zion. But that second team, man, I don't, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. And I get it. He had injuries, right? He didn't play a whole lot. But at the same time, man, you got to give him his due. He shot 40% from the field as a rookie. Like, that's that's unheard of. That's insane, bro. So, on, on 250 attempts, too. That's not easy. exactly. You know, it's not a small sample size. It's not. No. no um, so, yeah, man, I, I think he really, he really, uh, he really showed out today. And here's the thing this, this brings up a prior topic, right? So, <clears throat> we've always talked about Kelly being the wild card. Um, and, and if this continues, and again, not going to be a popular opinion, right? I think you have to seriously consider fielding offers for Kelly Oubre, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to. And if you don't want, if you want Cam to be your starting four, and you don't want to go after Aaron Gordon, cool. Mm-hmm. Man, we need some, we need bench help, man. We need bench help. So, hey, I got a question for you. Well, how do you how do you how do you think your boy feels right now? Your boy Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, D, we talked about this, right? Like, I love Van Vliet. I, I, I think that's a guy that we can add that can be a nice piece of the puzzle. And guess what? We just played in the bubble and we gave it to him. We put the smackdown on the asses. And I think he's going back to his room. He's going back to his room and he's like, yo, bro, those Phoenix Suns are for real. Like, I could be part of that. So that's an underlining, you know, low-key thing that a lot of people aren't talking about but yeah. that's a guy that maybe is in his hotel room right now scratching his head talking to his agent like damn them phoenix suns man hey maybe they got something you know so uh, uh, back, i'm sorry i didn't want to cut you up i, just, man, I know I that's your boy i know you mentioned it the other day yeah. you kind of you kind of started the train on the fred van vliet thing so i'm riding your train man i think that's a guy i would love to have and hey listen uh we might have we're gonna have a cap space 
And I don't think Kelly's a part. I'm D man. I could be completely overreacting, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think the Kel. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think Kelly Oubre is a part of this team anymore. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't think so either. And you know, we, uh, you know, is it? Are we, you know, contradicting ourselves? Yes, because we, <laughs> we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that he is a part of the future, right? Like he's doing a lot of things in the community. Um, and he doesn't seem like somebody that's on his way out, but things change, man. Things change. And at the end of the day, yes. Is Kelly a fan favorite? Absolutely. Is he good for the Suns' chemistry? Absolutely. But it's all about wins, man. It's all about production. And, you know, we, we, we don't, you can't, you can't resign or move forward with the player based off of, you know, being a fan favorite. And, if if what we've seen these last three games is legit, then I think Kelly becomes he just becomes a trade chip to just trade for to, to improve the roster, man. Regardless of how you want to do it, because I mean you could do it either way. You want to trade Kelly for Aaron Gordon? Cool. You know what that does? That puts Cam Johnson the first. That makes Cam Johnson our sixth man, right. coming out sniping threes, man. Like I exactly. mean, what more can you want? You know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. I mean, it, it's. It's a domino effect, man. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Again, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Kelly's a part of a long-term future. Well, let me, let me ask you something, D. So, yeah. you, know the, you know the story about Wally Pipp, right? Wally Pipp. Yeah. Right? got Wally Pipp. <laughs> he got Wally Pipp. So, you know, you know, Wally Pipp didn't realize that Lou DiMaggio, I mean, I mean Lou Garrick was right behind him. So, he, here's what I'm trying to say here is that Kelly could be playing right now. Kelly's healthy. Don't don't believe anything else. Kelly's healthy. He can play. This is political. Him not playing right now is about something else. And guess what just happened? You, you got he, Wally just, Pitt. He, he just got Wally Pitt, man. Mikel Mikel Bridges just said, "Yo, bro, you're gonna leave this lane open." I'm I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, you my valley boy and everything, bro. But I'm I'm out here for the bag. I'm I'm taking this role. So I don't I don't see a situation where you can look at Mikel Bridges and say, "Yo, you're gonna go to the bench." And uh, Kelly's gonna take his spot. Like that, just I just can't fathom that at this point. I think that that you know that ship has sailed. So because of that, I mean the circumstances are a little bit different. You know, it's funny how shit changes overnight, right? Like a week ago, we were having a podcast and we were we were doing our coast to coast debate, and we was like, "Yo, why do we keep him? Why do we trade him?" Right? And we both agreed to a consensus that you know if we can keep him, we keep him. That was before we saw Mikael Bridges become young Scotty. So, you know, a week a week changes a lot, man. And now and now Mikael Bridges is no way in the world I'm replacing him with Kelly Oubre. And there's no way in the world I'm playing Kelly Oubre $20 million to be my sixth man. So that's that's it, right? I mean, I think that's where it ends for me. I'm not paying you $20 million to come off the bench. I can do a lot more with that. So, yeah. Talk you, know who, you know who played every single game last year? For the Suns? No. Mikael? Mikael. Mikael. Mikael Bridges played every single game for the Suns last year. And you know what Lou Garrix was known for? He was he the was Iron, Iron Man. Right? He was Iron Man. <laughs> so, so we got to start calling him Lou Garrick then. Forget, you know what? Forget <laughs> before, 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 before Cal Ripken, yeah, he was Iron Man, yeah. Yeah, um, I got you. So, and, you know... I'm sure somebody's going to correct me and say, oh, you missed this game or that game. But yeah, to my knowledge, you know, he, he played every single game last season. Um, but 
you know, as far as durability goes, mm-hmm. I mean, Mikel's played every game, and Kelly's been, I mean, for the lack of, lack of a better word, injury prone, right? Yeah. So what more can you want, man? Um, you know, when are you gonna re- when are you gonna reward this young player? And the thing with Kelly is he brings all that energy, yes, uh, but like we mentioned before, right? The ball sticks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you one of the one of the things I noticed today? And shout out to to Mike V Hill from uh, from the timeline. He called it uh, he called it porn, right? <laughs> he <laughs> called it porn. He he put a couple plays on there. I mean, the most notable one was. Uh, when you know Booker came up and you know they passed it around, threw it into Aiden, Aiden passed it out to to uh, Kelly, swung back around, and it, next thing you know, Aiden's going in for a dunk, right? Right. And next play, you know, here comes Book right back, right? He started with Book and ended with Book with a wide open corner three. So I don't think you get that if you have if you have a Kelly Ubre man. He, he just I don't. That's not the type of player he is. Um, And like I said, we're going to get a ton of shit because people love Kelly. And I get it, man. But at the end of the day, I don't know, man. I'm loving what I see right now. It's okay to love Kelly. I love Kelly, bro. Like, it's like, listen, man, it's it's such a a tough thing because I'm a Kelly Oubre fan. I love Kelly Oubre. I'm not saying I don't love him. I'm just saying that I think I love Mikel a little more. That's it. And, and I think that, <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's that simple. I, I love Mikel a little more. And Mikel does more with less. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that simple. Like, I want players that do more with less. You know, Kelly seemed to be a little high maintenance. And Kelly's got a lot of other things going on. And, you know, Mikel is just, you know, your hard hat type dude. He's going to come to the game. He's going to play great defense. He's going to pass the ball. He's going to make the right plays. He's going to give you 100% every night. And then he's just going to go home and play video games. And he ain't going to bother nobody. You're never <laughs> going to hear, you know, you're never going to hear somebody say anything about Mikel Bridges um, is doing this or doing that off the court. He was raised well, very educated. He's a champion. He played at Villanova, played under uh, Jay Wright, who's one of my favorite coaches in basketball. I mean, this kid just gets it, man. And and those are the guys, I'm telling you, D-Man, those are the guys that you, they're, they're priceless, man. You you need those guys to to be a championship team. You need those. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw a name out here as, as far as personality. Let's, let's play this game. And I'm not talking about uh, actual basketball skill. I'm just talking about personality, okay? So, Mikel Bridges to Devin Booker. Okay, reminds me of what Clay Thompson is to Steph Curry. Okay, Clay Thompson okay. is a quiet, hard hat, play defense. You you just you know he just his demeanor and the way he goes about his businesses. You never you never believe that that guy has that much of an impact on on a game, and he does. Just a quiet guy. Steph is the more braggadocious dude, and he's the more flamboyant dude. And Clay just simply goes out there, plays ball, and gets it done. And and that's kind of what I'm what I see from Mikel. He's one of those guys that if Devin Booker is going to be the, the star player, he will absolutely be thrilled being a number two. Because think about this, Ken, if you take Clay Thompson off of Golden State, 
and you traded Clay and replaced him with James Harden. Does that work for Steph? Definitely not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That doesn't work for Steph. They, now, no. now it's a better combo because those are two better players together, but they don't win that way. They don't win that way. If you gave, if you put Steph Curry and James Harden on the same team, they don't win any championship. I don't right? even think. I don't even think you can replace Clay Thompson with Devin you Booker. You can't. Right. You I, know what I, I mean? I'm with you. I'm with you. Exactly. Clay Thompson so, is just—he's built for that. So I, I think Mikel's cut from that cloth. In the sense that he's just going to come out, he's going to play, and he's going to do his job. He knows his role, and he accepts it, right? Exactly. He'll do what you tell him to. You know, what, what am I? What am I? One <laughs> of my all-time. Well, actually, not my all-time favorite show. The best show of all time, uh, Breaking Bad. Right? Oh when, my God, when, love when, it. <laughs> when, Yo, best one ever, baby. When when uh, when Walter White, when the Chicken Man asked Walter White, like, why why him, why Jesse, and he's like. Because I can trust him, right? Because he does what I say. I love it. That's what McCall is, man. He'll do what you he'll do what you say. Uh, whatever Monty wants out of him, he'll do it, man. And Monty, Monty loves him. Uh, and that's another reason why I don't think he's going anywhere, man. Uh, I don't think Monty talks about any other player more than he does McCall. Uh, he trusts him, and, and McCall, even you know, at the start of the season, McCall's worth ethic was was noted, right? He was. Coming in all off season, right? He stayed in Phoenix. He didn't go back to Philly. Um, you know, he stayed local. I think he went on a vacation with his mom yeah. uh, toward, toward right before the season ended, but or the season started. But um, he's just like you said, man. He's cut. He's cut differently. He's a he's a blue collar worker, man. It's it's and it's and it's great. Um, so yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited, dude. And I mean. I, I didn't expect much from these three scrimmages, um, but what I do like is all the talk around the team, right? From Monty, from Book, from DA. All that came to fruition, man. It was all – it wasn't bullshit, right? Right, right. I mean, we, we saw it. They, they played their asses off. Even in the loss, I mean, they had it, man. I mean, Mikel – man, you, you want to talk about sequences? How about that fucking block Mikel had on Tatum when he went in the lane? It was nasty. He was off balance, and he swatted the shit out of that, and it led to a to a to a da uh, to a book to da alley oop for a dunk. Yeah, incredible, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Crazy. I, I, I couldn't say it better, bro. That guy. That guy's just. I mean, listen, man. I you know, this might be the Mikael Bridges show. This this whole pod. I could we, we could probably sit here all day and talk about. <laughs> I mean. And it's a good thing, man. I, I believe we got our core. I, I believe Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Mikel Bridges is our core. I believe that those guys are untouchable. I believe that you work around the edges and you, you do what you you figure out what you're going to do with Kelly Oubre. You figure out what you're going to do with the 20 to 25 million in cap space this summer. And you start, like I said, you start to trim around the edges and fill out the bench and let these guys um let these guys develop, man. Monty's the right guy. That's another thing. I can't say it enough. I mean, Monty's the right guy, bro. Um, this team, let, let's let's talk about record real quick. So we got 26 wins. So let's just say we go six and two in this bubble. Okay. Which I think after what I just saw, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say six and two is very doable. And I'll explain Definitely. later on in the show why I think six and two is is more than doable. And seven and one could be in reach. I, I I'll explain that later because I did a deep dive into this last night. It's kind of interesting what I found, but um, but I'll say this. So 26 wins, let's say we win six more, that puts us at 32, okay? 
32 wins. And then you 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 have to naturally feel like if you give DeAndre in those 30 games back, what 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 do you say? Eight to ten more wins? Let's say ten. That's a thirty-three percent win percentage. That's that's I think that's there more you go. Reasonable. That's fair, right? Because that's about what we are. So you're talking about 32 wins. You give us this and this team was not as far away from 40 wins and people wanting and people think. This team, if you and, and mind you, if we can win 32 games and leave what nine on the table, because we ain't playing 482, yeah. right? You leave a nine on the table. Let's say you give scrap a couple there. Yeah, it's man. This 35 team was, wins, man. 30, 35 wins, man. And that so this team is not as far as people think. Uh I will say this too, D man. Like when, you know, let's think last year, right? You you a season ticket holder? You had all the games. You know what's up? Yeah. When you there were nights where you where you played the Hornets and you're in Phoenix, you're like, yeah, we should win this game. And then Lost. and then yeah, right? And, and it ends up being a loss. Or or nights last year where you come in and you just knew it was going to be a, a ass whooping. Like you're like, okay, you know, the Clippers are here, the Lakers are here, we're going to get smoked, right? Indiana almost got kicked out of that game. Okay, you see you. you <laughs> I, 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 you feel what I'm saying, right? Now, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the difference that one year makes. I don't think there's any team in basketball that I'm afraid of for one game. You give me any team in basketball, put them in front of this team for one game, and I believe we can beat anybody in basketball right now. I, now, in a seven-game series, no. But for one game, if you tell me, yo, the Suns are going to play X team one time, I, I'm confident, and that's the that's the maturation of this team. Like I think we've graduated to the point where now it, it used to be just beat the bad teams and take your L's where you're supposed to take them. Now it's kind of like the mentality shifting a little bit. Now it's like, yo, we should win. We can win every night. We're good enough to compete every night. We just got to put it together and and keep doing it consistently and don't lose to the Pistons and the Warriors and the Hawks. And the Wizards, the, the teams that are not in the fucking bubble. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We probably lead the league in losses to teams oh, that are not in the God bubble. damn it, man. Yeah, I, I, I brought it up so many times. I think what you're talking about, you're talking about the scheduled losses, right? Scheduled, when you see the Lakers, right. when you right. see the Clippers. I mean, the Lakers, man, that, that first game against them, damn, we were right there till the end. Fucking, we had we had a wannabe Cisco Kyle Kuzma draining threes <laughs> towards the end of the game. Otherwise, we'd have won that game, man. I, I remember we had a four, we had a two point lead with like three minutes to go, and Kyle Kuzma decides to be a good player all of a sudden, knock down threes. I mean, it, it's frustrating, man. Because yeah, I agree with you. The Bucks, we beat the Bucks, we beat the Clippers. Yeah. Um, the one team we can't seem to beat is Indiana for some reason. Um, we play them during the, the bubble. bubble. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, without Demarcus uh, bonus, torn yeah. playoff fascia tendon, out for the year, and maybe no Victor oh, uh, Oladipo. And that's part of my theory why we can go seven and one, bro. Like D, let me ask you something. If we win the first three, let's say we win the first three. Let's say we beat Washington, we beat Dallas, and then we beat the Clippers. Because I think that's the that's the, that's the A game bubble right there. We got to go. If we can go three and zero to start, things get interesting, man. Because now you got Indiana without. Probably Oladipo and Sabonis. That should be a win. And here's something I looked at yesterday. So the teams that we play, game five, six, seven, and eight, there's a good chance that by the time we get to game five, six, seven, eight, those teams aren't even playing as starters anymore. 
because there's nothing to play for for them. A lot of these teams are already going to be locked into their playoff spot. So why the fuck would Miami play Jimmy Butler in that game? You know, and risk losing Jimmy Butler for the playoff. So that's something people aren't talking about. The only team that cares about the bubble are the teams that are on the fucking bubble. <laughs> the teams right, that are already right. locked in, they don't give a damn about these eight games. So I'm going to tell you something. Uh, seven and one, eight and oh is not as crazy as people think when you look at the fact that we could be playing game five, six, seven, and eight against teams that don't give a shit anymore. And and that could be a, a you know a schedule quirk in which it works to our advantage. So I don't want to jump the gun. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going eight and no. I'm not going to say we're going seven and one. I think we can go six and two. But God forbid if we start off three and oh, D. Shit going to get real funny on Planet Orange if we go 3-0. and So I'll leave it at that. What do you think, brother? Yeah, 3-0 <laughs> would be nice, man. I mean, just kind of thinking about it. You're right. You're right. And I think everybody's reason why we can't make noise in this, right, uh, local media, national media, we don't play any of those teams that are in front of us, right? Right, yeah. But what they don't understand is they all play each other. So they're exactly. beating up on each other. Exactly. So if they're beating up on each other and we go three and zero, and then those teams, uh, you know, the rest of the game, you know, the remaining games, if those remaining games don't mean anything to the other team, we can take advantage of that, right? Take advantage, correct. All those other teams are beating up on each other, and we're just, you know, we're just taking care of business. And I think that's all that that's all the Suns can do, right? They can just take care of business. Let's, you know, let's take it one game at a time, and that's what Ricky said that today, right? After the game, we said we're taking it one game at a time. Uh, we're going to focus on today, and if that's what they do, man, they just got to take care of business. And are you going to go eight and zero, seven and one? Maybe, uh, probably not. I want to say yeah, but it's been ten years, man. So I, you know, it's it's hard for me. <laughs> You're the optimistic one, so I, I, I'm sticking with five and three. But hey, if we can go okay. seven and one, eight and zero, I'd, I'd I'd be I'm more I'd be more than happy to eat the crow, man. I think we're going to go six and two. And I'm framing it this way. We're going to go six and two if we lose one of the Dallas or Clippers game. But I promise you, bro, if we go three and oh, Planet Orange, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to eat shit if we start off three and oh. Because I tell you what, if we start off three and oh, the, the NBA gods, the shit lines up kind of real sweet for us. And if uh, there's one person in particular, so help me God if we go 8-0, man. I might be taking a long trip across the water, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> God forbid we go 8-0, man. I'm just saying that. I'm not going to say any names. We're going to keep this professional. We're not going to go there. But we better not go 8-0, brother, because that, that might lead me to jump on a plane and take a long trip. And uh, improve my point personally, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So yeah, it's listen. It's it's um it's gonna be fun, man. But you know, this is our NCAA tournament. I was talking to somebody uh, before we did this pod. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, and, close to the situation. Yeah, and and uh, I told that person exactly that, and he agreed 100. percent I said, hey, this is uh this is this is this is our NCAA tournament. You got to win six or seven games to win the chip when you enter the the, the, the 64-team tournament. And uh, the first round is Washington. We got to beat Washington. When we beat Washington, then we'll get ready for Luka. And when we beat Luka, then we'll get ready for uh, Kawhi. 
And then when we beat Kawhi, then we'll take care of Indiana. And then when we take care of Indiana, we'll take care of Miami. You know what I'm saying? That's how, that's how we're going to do it. One fucking game at a time. Yes, sir. And, uh, and let's see if we leave this bubble the hottest team in basketball. Let's leave it at yes, that. Yes, sir. And if we don't make it, if we don't make the playoffs, that's all right, man. It's all about momentum for next season. Correct. I'm opening eyeballs, opening eyeballs. I hope I got the schedule right. I don't know. I was just spitballing there. Hey, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter <laughs> if hey, if they're going seven and one, eight. No, it doesn't matter. That, it doesn't matter what order it's in, right? Right, right. We don't care, right? So speaking of the bubble, talk to me. We've had our first uh, oopsie, I guess you can say. I I don't even know if it's that. Uh, Lou will uh, left the bubble. Uh, Lou Williams from the Clippers left the bubble um, to attend to a a, a family a close. <laughs> friend's uh, funeral. Understandable, right? Uh, But he uh, decided to visit a local gentleman's establishment. And he is now in quarantine for 10 days because of that. Um, He was there with a friend. Which, you know what I don't get? All right, man. If if, if I... Flex. If if I have a job and I'm told, hey, you got to stay in this area... I'm going to let you out for a few days, but you got to stay home. And you hit me up and you're like, hey, man, let's go to the Gentleman's Club. All right, cool. I swear to God, man, I, I don't think you're going to sit here and post that shit on fucking Yo, yo, D, come take on a social let, yo, media, yo, D, bro. Let, let's, let's do it. No, man, that's fucking ridiculous, man. His, his boy, man, his boy owes him a lot of, a lot of, a lot of money, man. Or he owes him a lot of lap dances or whatever you want to, whatever you want to exchange, right? His boy put that shit on fucking Instagram. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know the severity, and people say, oh, he's wearing a mask. He's just getting some food. Great. That's not the point, man. Like, this thing can snap like that. We're looking at it with baseball right now. You can't. You just can't risk it, man. No. D, I got so much on this shit. (laughs) Just say go, bro. (laughs) Go. 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 Listen. First and foremost, man, I, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it 100 here. The NBA should have permanently suspended him from the bubble. Period. End of discussion. Unequivocally, you're out. You violated the rule. You put everyone in the bubble in jeopardy. If your boy didn't put it on social media, you would have never said you were there. You could have bought the damn coronavirus into the bubble and blew this whole damn operation to shreds. So you, my friend, can't come back in. Stay your ass back home. We're going to dock your pay, and you can go to Magic City and hang out with your boy all damn night if you want to. That's how I would have handled it. I'm serious. I, I got no, uh, I got no uh, sympathy for that shit. Now, here's the thing, D. Let's play our little game. You just, you just mapped it out so eloquently. So here we go. So something happens in my family, and I get released out the bubble, and where I got to go is Phoenix. So I call you up. I say, D, I'm out here for a funeral. Um, you want to hang out? And you say, sure, Fee. I say, yo, D, you want to get something to eat? You say, sure, Flex. I say, yo, of all the places on planet Earth that we can go eat safely and just pick something up, let's go to the strip club to get some food. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like let's, let's keep it 100, D. You're in a bubble. You know that there are no significant others or anything allowed in that bubble. So you choose Magic City the biggest strip club in Atlanta, to go get some food. You couldn't just go pick up something and keep it moving, right? So I don't buy the whole, I went to get something to eat. Like, you got to be a damn idiot 
to pick Magic City as a place you're going to go get something to eat, bro. Um, I just, I, I got no patience for it, man. He was at a strip club. He was trying to chill with his boy. He was trying to get probably lucky before he gets back in the bubble. And uh, his ass got caught. And I'm going to tell you what makes me even more pissed off. His first game back is against us. So you know what the hell that's going to mean, right? <laughs> you, you know what that's going to mean, right? So that, that's He's going to fucking just, go off like he right. always does against us. He's going to come out and drop 40 against us because he gets suspended for the first two games, but he gets to come back against Phoenix. So that pisses me off even more. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's a bad look. I would have kicked his ass out the bubble permanently. Um, so just uh, that's just disappointing to hear, man. That's that's unprofessional, and that's not looking out for the rest of your NBA, uh, your NBA brothers and the NBA family. So that's a bad look for him, bro. All right, Flex, I, I gotta get something off my chest, man. Yeah, talk to me, brother. Campaign fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, yo. I'm I'm with you, bro. I, I the first game I was feeling a little froggy about him. I yeah. was like, yo, we, we might have something here. And then the last two, I've been like, you know what? Uh, that's why you was in the G League. I understand now. Um, uh, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, I feel for him, man. Good story, right? Um, I feel for the kid. I know he was out of he was out of the league, but zero for ten. All right, four steals, cool, but zero for ten from the field. And he missed some bunnies, dude. Like, oh, my God. I was watching the game today, and I was just like, I can't watch this shit anymore, dude. I, I got to go to the store. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know. my that, God. Text me. I started laughing. When you sent me that text, I started laughing. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, man. It's just oh, so rough. I mean, and we, we haven't talked much about campaign because we both said he's a body, right? He's a body. Yeah. Um, and after that first game, you're like, okay, maybe they got something. You know, we'll see. But man, it was rough. Yeah, man, he was, you know, like you said, he was a, he was a body. He was a insurance policy in case Ricky Rubio and uh, Elliot Cobo couldn't couldn't make it back or something like that. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, listen, first game, first game, I was I was a little excited. I was like, man, this this campaign kid might, you know, might have to start calling him Champagne. You know what I mean? He was, <laughs> he was, he was looking pretty good after the first one, and then. Yeah, and then he came back to Earth, and yeah, man, he just yeah, I I, I made it very clear at the beginning of this. Um, I don't want to see any more campaign. I don't want to see any more Ty Jerome. I don't want to see any more Elliot Cobo uh, starting Friday. I, I mean, that's it. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Javon Carter's my guy. I love I love Javon Carter, man. And I'm gonna tell you what, man. In the NBA, it's really hard to lock down a role when you're constantly like getting pulled in different directions and you're not getting the proper minutes and you don't have the confidence that if you take this shot, you may not play again for two games. You know, that's a real thing, man. And I know people say, yo, Suns need a backup point guard. I actually feel like Javon could be our backup point guard. We just got to stick with him. Like, all year, it's been, okay, Javon won game, then we'll go to Jerome, then we go to a Kobo, then we do this, then we do that. And it's like, you got to give the guy uh, a, a nice little span to say, yo, this is your job. Let's see what you do with it. And and this is the perfect time to do it. So what I'm saying is, is go go to Javon Carter's room tonight, knock on his door, and say, yo, you're the backup point guard for these eight games in the bubble. That's it. Don't look over your shoulder no more. It's your job. None of these three goons are getting back in here and taking any minutes from you. <laughs> 
They're going to sit in the corner and drink their water, but you're going to ball out. Win, lose, or draw. Whether you're 10 for 10 or 0 for 10, you're going to be my backup point guard. And I think that unlocks an entirely different part of Javon Carter, who shoots 40% from three, by the way. You know, so I, I, don't, I don't know why he's not playing more. He's like my, I, I call him my, my point guard version of P.J. Tucker. That's who he reminds me of. He, that's he, he reminds, not a bad comparison. That's who he reminds me of. I say it all the time. I'm like, yo, that's my point guard, PJ. Like, guy brings it every day, plays his ass off, he plays defense, he's a little pit bull. And he should be our point guard for the rest of the boat. So, yeah. Uh, good call, man. Campaign. Peace out, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, bro. And it sucks, right? You, you, you want him to do well, obviously, because he's on the Suns. And also, you want to root for somebody like that. Um uh, First round pick, uh, lottery. Eh, he's number fifteen. Yeah, no, fifteen. Was he? Fifteen, 15 yeah. wasn't lottery pick, but still, Just he was for uh, first pick out of the lottery. So it's it's tough, man. It's tough, but it is what it is. Um, it's it's can't yeah. play, can't play. You know, uh, yeah. so won't spend too much time on that. Uh, so yeah, man, the Suns are looking good. Uh, first scrimmage is on Friday, one o'clock. I will be watching. As I got nothing else to do because I'm currently unemployed, <laughs> but it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good time, man. I'm gonna have my uh, my my snacks ready and uh, and enjoy it, man. It's gonna be the first meaning, meaningful Suns game that we've had since uh, since March. So yeah. looking forward to it. Can't wait, bro. Yeah, man. So we'll see how they do. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's go. Speaking of bubbles, uh, we'll go over to Major League Baseball, who um, it's funny, man. And I, I had this discussion with uh, with the guys from Fanning the Flames, uh, Justin and Paul. It's funny how— Shout out Justin and Paul. My bad, brother. Shout out to my guys, man. Yeah, those, those, are, those are my guys, man. I, I, I talk to them uh, for the most part on a daily basis, so good dudes. Uh, solid, but good, really good pod. I love their pod. Yes, sir. Um, so, I was telling them, it's, it's kind of ironic, man, because basketball players, right, they get labeled as entitled, um, you know, uh, player, uh, player empowerment era and all this stuff, right? But they were able to agree on a bubble, and it's, it's going well, right? No, other than the Lou Williams stuff, and they're going to handle that, right? Yeah. Um, no positive tests in the bubble, which is great. You go over to Major League Baseball, and, uh, you know, they were too good for a bubble back when they were negotiating that, right? Nobody wanted a bubble. They didn't want to be away from their family for too long, uh, this and that. So after, after they declined that, they went on a two-, three-month uh, battle over money with, uh, with the owners, right? So finally, uh, baseball started last week, uh, last Thursday. Uh, Yankees got a win. Um, they beat the Nationals yeah. in a sh- uh, rain-shortened game. Um, but now the Florida Marlins, much like uh, our boy Lou Will, decided to go out in the town when they were in Atlanta. Hey, they might they might have been there at the same time Lou Will was, man. You never know. They were all Magic City together, bro. I got a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now, let's see here. I believe as of today, fourteen Miami Marlins players have tested positive for for COVID nineteen. And uh, they're not playing until Monday, so a bunch of their games got postponed. And now the Yankees aren't playing the Phillies because the Phillies, it's, it's a 
we can go over the logistics, man, but it's a fucking mess. So it's funny because, hey, NBA players are entitled, right? But MLB players was, were the ones that didn't want the bubble. And now look at that. Now it looks like the odds of us finishing a Major League Baseball season are slim and none. D, I told, bro, D, D, I love you, man. You're my guy. <laughs> How many times have we talked about this? I said, I'm not buying into this baseball shit. I love it, but I just can't get attached because I know she's going to dump me. I know she is. Like, she's fucking hot as hell, but I know she's going to end up doing me dirty or dumping me or something. That's what baseball is right now. It's yeah. like, yo, I, I don't want to get attached, man, because, you, listen, you got baseball teams. You got entire organizations that don't have a place to play. Toronto said, Blue Jays, you can't play in your own house. So you got to find somewhere to play, upstate New York. Okay? And you got the Marlins then. You got the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miami Marlins uh, testing positive, 14 people. Um, whole bunch of postponements. D, this is, this is bad, bro. This is just bad. And, you know, they're taking a test on Monday. They're not getting results till Friday. How do you even know? Like, now I just read a report that the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, the visiting locker room uh, liaison or something tested positive. So so this is the person handling the locker room for the visiting team. They're <laughs> positive. So it's like, it, dude, this is too much, man. Um, That's why the Yankees game got suspended. Postpone, man. Yeah, I can't watch the Yankees because the team the Yankees are playing just played a team that's got half the fucking roster with coronavirus. So, yeah, man, I, I can't get behind it, man. I'm just I, last time we talked, that was right before they announced the 16 team uh, tournament for baseball, the expanded playoffs, which I like a lot. Yeah, you know, first and second place teams from every every division, and then the next two best records in each league. Um, I'm a big fan of it. If we actually get there, you know, if the mall and stop hanging out with Lou Williams in the, in the strip club <laughs> and, and we don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out D, but I can't fathom. This is the end of it. Uh, I know baseball just released something. I don't know if you saw this, but they, they released that the Marlins are the only team that has positive tests right now. I did see that. You did, right? And that's that's shocking, actually. I'm actually fucking shocked. Um, no one from the Phillies has it, and they just played a series against them. So, good. I mean, I, you know, I want it to stay that way, but I just don't get it, man. I know my my, my guy, uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, governor of New York, he, he said something earlier, about a, maybe an hour before we got on. He, uh, he put out a comment and said, if Major League Baseball wants to get this right, Everybody can come play in New York. I like that. I like that. I like that he said that. I like that he got the balls to step up and say, yo, New York is doing this right. Like, we, we were the hot spot in the country, and now we got the lowest amount of anywhere in the country. Like, y'all want to get this baseball thing right? We got two big-ass stadiums and a bunch of other minor league stadiums in, in New York, upstate, that we can make this happen. Let's create a mini bubble in New York with all the teams and get all these games in. I'm cool with that, D. What you think? You know, I'd be all right with the bubble, but I, 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 I mean, it was it was pulling teeth just getting them to agree to play the damn games. Sure. I, I just I don't have the faith in them to to get something like that together. Uh, I, I don't. And you know, you mentioned, like you said, the the Marlins were the only team that had players that were positive, right? 
So somebody on the Marlins fucked up. That's that's yeah. Either the whole team or whoever it was, and you know, from from what I read, they 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 knew about people testing positive, and they just still decided to play on Sunday, man. They 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 decided it in a text message, man. Like that that is true. Like somebody's got to be reprimanded for that shit, dude. Because like you can't put. You can't let the players, you can't let the inmates run the asylum, right? I know I'm going to get some shit for that. I know no, you're not. That's fucking no, right on the money. You know, I'm not saying they're inmates. You know, I know the fucking Houston Texans owner got some shit for saying yeah, that. That's yeah, not yeah. what I mean. You guys know what I mean. It's a fucking metaphor. <laughs> right, um, right. But, but, yeah, man, you can't, you can't let that happen. And it's crazy. I mean, I mean, as a Diamondbacks fan, I mean, shit, if there's no... Fucking season's off to such a bad start. I, you know, maybe it's better they do cancel the season. But yo, does um, Christian Walker do anything but hitting the double plays, bro? Oh my what God, the fuck, man. man? I'm I'm watching every Diamondback game because you my boy, and I'm like, <laughs> I know my boy D love the D backs, and I got the league pass, so I'm watching the Diamondbacks every night, and I root for them. And it's like every fucking time this guy comes up in a big spot, he hits into a double play. I'm like, damn, dude. You know what the sad part about it is, man? What's up? He's the third leading hitter on our team. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's how bad our team's been. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, to, I, we digress, uh, right? Here. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no he, he needs to, he needs to face he needs to face Clayton Kershaw more because he owns Clayton Kershaw. But uh, but you know who doesn't if, in the postseason, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, man. So I don't know. I, I don't. I hope. I really hope that Major League Baseball handles this case by case because I think that's how you have to. You can't punish everyone else for one team, right? right. So you got to isolate that, right? That's why, that's why they got these taxi squads, right? They got 60-man rosters. So, yeah. all right, those seven, those 14 players, get them out, Peace get them out. quarantine, yeah. and bring whoever the replacements are in, man, and that's let's it. play ball. Let's play that's ball. It. You want to take a few games? All right, cool. You want to wait till Monday? Cool. But don't, I don't think they should suspend. And I'm going to get shit for that too. Cause everybody, you know, everybody wants to fear monger and be like, Oh, COVID told you guys. No, no. They, they, now is not the time. man. They, they, they knew this was going to happen. Let's isolate it. And uh, let's, let's see what happens now. If it gets out of hand, if it spreads across five or six teams, then, you know, that's a different story. Yeah. You yeah, got to yeah. throw right your hands now, up and be like, shit, we yeah. tried. Right. But right, right now isolate it. Um, and keep going, man. So, but it's an unfortunate situation, man. It's crazy. No, it's it's very, very unfortunate, man. I mean, listen, this shit is real. I mean, let's let's not, you know, this shit is real. And and again, I don't I don't want to sound insensitive to the whole COVID thing. Like it's it's real, man. Real people died, and this is a pandemic, man. But you know, the the reality is, is like you said, these guys knew they had it. They got on a damn text message and they thought it was a cool idea to go out there and play and not tell anybody. And that's, that's just, that's not cool, man. That's just a bad look. I can't <laughs> believe Manfred. I can't believe Manfred actually like is justifying some of this stuff. Like major, where does major league baseball jump in and say, Hey, we're not going to let the players run the shit. You get a positive test. We need to jump in and we the ones that are going to, you know, we're going to put down the playbook here. You just can't let them all and self, you know, self-regulate themselves. Like that's crazy. So, yeah, bro, I'm I'm not a fan of it. It it shows poor leadership in Major League Baseball, and um, I hope it doesn't become something that spreads like a wildfire and becomes you know rampant. Because we could deal with one team, one outbreak, but like you said, you get five, six, seven, and your season's gonna be over. 
Uh, so let's 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 hope we don't, man. Hey, I got I got a question for you, man. I, I would yeah. like to ask you this, man. Maybe we can do this on the fly. Yeah, but, let's uh, do it. I had a uh, I had a married date dump for you, man. I wanted I wanted to ask you one. I love it, man. Let's hear it. You ready to do it? You ready to do yeah, it? So married date it. dump. I, I I thought about this when I'm like, I know you love baseball, and and I knew we were gonna talk some baseball, so this is the perfect time to get right into this. So here's my married date dump for you right now. Uh, Ronald Acuna. Juan Soto, Aaron Judge. <laughs> Mary Day Dump. Let's go, brother. Damn. Is that a good one? That's a great one. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like this one. Right, go ahead. Talk to me because I don't, gonna, I don't think. Go ahead. Talk to me. I'm going to marry Juan Soto. Okay. He's one of my favorite players in baseball, man. Dude's great. Yeah. Um, and, he beat the, and he fucking smoked a three and a home run off of Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs last year. And Love Juan Soto. Brought him to his knees, so that was great. Juan Soto, uh, uh, Mary Juan Soto, date Acuna and cut Aaron Judge, man. Um, and it, that's hard for me to say because Aaron Judge is actually on my fantasy team, uh, <laughs> but he strikes out a lot, and you know he's he's been hurt a little bit, so I'll give him that. Ronald Acuna, man, that's a hell of a ball player. The only thing that worries me about Acuna is his head, man. Sometimes he gets a little bit in his head. He doesn't hustle. He doesn't. You know, yeah, he, he got a little Ricky Henderson in him. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so man. Love him, though. But, yeah, man. Uh, I like yeah, that. Mary Juan Soto, date, uh, date Acuna, and uh, Dump Judge. What, what, what about you? What say you? All right, I'm going to keep – I'm going to go short-winded here, man. Believe it or not, I agree with you. Oh, I, I agree with right. you 100%. I'm a Yankee <laughs> fan. I love Aaron Judge, but I'm keeping it real. Juan Soto, I'm going to marry Juan Soto. I think he's going to be the best player in baseball. He reminds me of a young Ken Griffey Jr. Swing is beautiful, and he's got a championship already. So you got to marry Juan Soto. And I'm absolutely fascinated with Ronald Acuna. He's my favorite player in baseball. I absolutely love him. Um, and as much as I love Aaron Judge, um, he's too injury prone, strikes out a lot. And um, the reality is, you know, uh, uh, we got we to gotta, we gotta figure out how we're going to pay this dude. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to pay Aaron Judge all the money that he's seeking with the simple fact that as a Yankee fan, he plays half the games. You know what I mean? So I, I'm serious. I, yo, I'm a Yankee fan, but I keep it real, bro. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and defend Yankees just to defend them. Love Aaron Judge, but I promise you, I put it this way. I'm going to tell you how much of a real Yankee fan I am. Aaron Judge ain't my top guy on the Yankees. I'm taking Glaber Torres 10 out of 10 times. Man. Glaber Torres, first of all, he fucking owns the Orioles. Have you seen oh my stats? God, it's ridiculous. Game the Orioles. It's Listen, ridiculous. I'm gonna tell you how bad it is. You ready? I play MLB the show on PlayStation 4. <laughs> I got I got I played all 162 games. I love that game. Okay. And I just played, I just played the Oreos and I hit three home runs with Glaber Torres <laughs> in the fucking video. Game. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, this is really happening right now. I just hit three video game home runs in Baltimore with, with Glaber Torres. And it happens in real life. So yeah, so, he owns the Orioles. So you remember how they got Glaber Torres, right? Absolutely. It was a trade, yes. I absolutely From agree. The Cubs. I, I, the hijack, bro, for in 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 the trade with uh Arodis Chapman, yeah, and and he got him back. <laughs> yeah, that's the highway robbery, so, bro. So I, I will say this though: the the Cubs did win a World Series. They won a World Series, so they'll take and, it. Uh, yeah, and as and as and as a Diamondbacks fan, I mean, the only World Series Phoenix Arizona or Arizona just as a whole has ever seen was from the Diamondbacks in two thousand one, right? So. 
Yeah, so worlds like championships, they're they're priceless, right? I guess you get them. So the 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 Cubs traded Glaber Torres for Rodgers Chapman. I don't think they traded some other stuff too. Yeah. You know who they also traded that season? Who? Eloy Jimenez. You know who Eloy Jimenez is? Yeah, of course. He plays for the White Sox. He's a Savage. fucking stud Savage. outfield for the White Sox. Savage. Yo, what were they doing with some of these fucking deals, bro? They'd have a dream team if they had if oh they didn't make God. some deals. And, and they still the have Rizzo, and they have Brian. They got Rizzo and Brian. I love players. Rizzo. Javi Baez. But... Javi Baez. No, those guys are... Listen, they won a World Series. Give them credit. I don't know how you can live down trading Jimenez and Torres and doing the shit that they did and still win a championship. But I'll tell you something that's even crazier, D, is that the Yankees have Gleyber Torres, and that is the shadiest fucking baseball deal in the history of sports, bro. Because, I mean, I, being in New York, and you know... This is this is known information, bro. Listen, Arodas Chapman told them, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, bro, like his agent told the Yankees, trade me for that run, get what you can, and I promise you I'm coming back in the offseason. And so the Yankees convinced the Cubs to get him Glaber Torres and then got Arodas Chapman back two months later. I mean, if that's not the shadiest damn thing ever... Um, I don't know why the Cubs did that, but yeah, listen, I love Glaber. Glaber's gonna be uh he's gonna be an all-time great Yankee. All-time great Yankee. And um I'm sorry, go ahead. And I don't know, I man, I my my oldest my oldest uh email address is Yankee Hater underscore twenty-four. Damn, it's like dad D. At Yahoo.com. And, and, and I've I've told you why, man. I mean yeah, I was yeah. I, I, I like I'm a D-Backs fan. Uh, first and foremost, but I like the Red Sox because I mean, okay. Kurt Schilling got traded to the Red Sox. Manny yeah. Ramirez is my favorite player, and they broke That's the curse. Right, they, yeah. they came back from three zero. Man, I mean, it was great. Um, but it's weird, and I almost—I don't know how to explain it, man. But I don't hate the Yankees as much as I did before. I don't know if it was like the Derek Jeter thing because I wasn't a Derek Jeter fan. I don't know if it was a Rod. I still remember A Rod's fucking Mickey Mouse hand fucking coming out and slapping the ball Smacking out. Smacking right yeah, first base. Like yeah, you, yeah. See, you see his big hand, then he gets to second base. He's like, "What did I do?" No, dude. Yeah, he, that, that, yeah. That I, I tell wild. you what, I hate. I, I I've never liked A Rod, even when he was at the Yankees. I, I never liked him coming to the Yankees. I, I never rooted for him as a Yankee. Um, I'm a Yankee purist, D. So let me explain what that means. Um, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I've been a Yankee fan. That's the first sport I loved was baseball. I got two brothers that. Played minor league baseball, so um, baseball is in our DNA, it's in our genetics, and um, and so you know when I say I'm a Yankee purist, I grew up rooting for the Yankees, and 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 rooting for teams that are homegrown, that are actually real Yankees, farm system Yankees, guys that were brought up from the system, and 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 progressed Don Mattingly, you know what I'm saying, Ricky Henderson, these these guys are the homegrown Yankees, but. Um, I can't do the uh, the A Rod and Giambi, and I can't do that, man. I never got behind trying to buy a championship. So there was a stretch. I'm gonna be honest with you. There was a stretch as a Yankee fan that I didn't I didn't really watch them for about three four years. Like I I watched them, but I didn't I wasn't passionate about it because I just didn't feel like they were really doing things the right way. They were trying to bring everybody in from other organizations, and I was used to that core Yankee team. You know, you talking about Derek Jeter. 
Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera. These are all farm systems. Bernie Yankees. Williams. Bernie Williams, correct. I'm, how could I forget Bernie? Jesus Christ. You know, so yeah, so that's what I root for. And I think that's what it's coming back to be now, which is why I'm enjoying it again. I mean, Judge is homegrown. Um, Glaber's still homegrown because when we yeah. got him, he was in the league. You know what I mean? Leader. Yeah. So I, I like what we're doing now. But I, I never liked A-Rod, man. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut no, you No, no, you're good, man. Yeah, I, I just... I don't, I don't hate the Yankees. I think before, you know, back then, the Yankees was like the one team I didn't want to see win, right? Like, right. at all costs. Now, man, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Unfortunately, I think there's going to be a, a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, unfortunately. I mean, if everything, you know, goes as planned. Go Yankees, I, man. I, I can't believe I'm so, saying D. that. No, I don't think so, D. I don't think neither one of them going to make it. I don't think oh, the Yankees okay. got enough pitching, and I don't think the Dodgers are going to be able to get shit with Kershaw on the playoffs. I just I don't think so. I don't think neither one of them are going to make it. Listen, the Yankees are in trouble. Garrett Cole is going to have to win his ass off. I don't trust Tanaka. I don't trust James Paxton. Um, I don't trust Hat. I mean, I, I just don't. We, we don't got the arms, man. We got we got Garrett Cole, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you guys got to help a bullpen, but that's about it. That's the thing, though, D, is, you know. You got to shorten that game. Five innings. You guys yeah. are there. Yeah. Yeah, we get to the bullpen, you're in trouble. But, you know, that's the problem, man, is we, we got guys that can't get to the fucking, can't get through five innings, man. So, and then another thing is, man, we're kind of, we're kind of sink or swim, man. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of our game is just powerball, man. It's like it's powerball, you know. Judge and Stanton aren't hitting home runs. They're striking out. And then we're fucked. You know, we don't play small ball. We don't run the base pads. Um, you know, we just don't play that type of game. So, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big. I'm. I'm not confident in what we could do come playoff baseball, man. Hey, man, you guys had the chance to get Robbie Ray last season. We although, did. We, and, although Robbie Ray can't go three or four innings anyway. So and Corbin uh, too, right? We had a chance to get fucking. Corbin. You guys had. Yeah, you guys had a chance to and, get Corbin. You guys, uh, Washington paid him. And, yeah. and Corbin, Corbin grew up a Yankee fan, man. So you guys, they everybody. Did. Thought I he was remember going. that. I thought he was. I thought he was 100 percent going, and, and he I thought. I thought they low. I think they lowballed him. I think that's they lowballed him. Yeah, they lowballed him. They so, absolutely lowballed him. Stupid as hell. And now he's a World Series champ, man. So you know, Fucking what does that idiot. tell you? Yep. So yeah, man. I mean, they had, they had a chance to get Ray in the offseason. They didn't pull the trigger. Um, Robbie Ray's a f- he's talented as hell. You know what? He's a, he's a perfect pitcher for the Yankees, man. Because yeah. he he's four five innings, innings lights out. Yeah, four five four five innings. innings he's lights out. If you're lucky, you'll get six. Uh, but the Yankees, they didn't want to part with, part with uh, Clint Frazier, man. The D-backs wanted Clint Frazier. Yeah, he's in the so. fucking minors right now. We can't even. Yeah. We don't want to part with guys that can't even make our major league team because we're so yeah. fucking stacked in the outfield. Exactly. So, so we got we got Miguel Tejada, we got M- Miguel and Duhar in the damn minors. Duhar, that's you know that's we insane. got. You got he had like 30 home runs, didn't he? Yeah, bro. You you got Frazier and Enduhar. They can start for any fucking team in baseball, and they're playing Triple A ball with the Trenton Thunder right now. That's ridiculous. It's crazy, bro. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. It's yep. cra- that, that, that's insane, man. So, a little bit from a uh, little bit from baseball, man. Uh, season got started. We'll see how long it keeps going. Hopefully, it doesn't get shut down um, because I don't think they can afford that. Uh, to be honest with you, um, yeah. and, and training caps right around the corner, man. We're gonna have to start. We're gonna have to do our uh, over unders on win projections yeah. uh, coming up soon here. So once sure. uh, once training camp gets uh, gets kicked off in full force, we're gonna do a. Uh, We'll probably split it up into two pods with the AFC and the NFC, but um, yeah, yeah, it's exciting, man. Football's around the corner. Can't I, wait. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little 
I'm a little worried just because of what everything's going on with Major League Baseball, but I don't know, man. What do you think? You think they're going to pull it off? I'm a little worried, bro. <laughs> I'm a little worried, D. I'm, I'm definitely worried. Um, but let's see, man. I think, I think I'm hearing some good things about the way the NFL is doing it. Um, it's kind of like a bubble within every team's facility. So I kind of like that. I think that they're like the NBA. They understand that, you know, their platform is different from baseball. Like, listen, football owns a day of the week. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they took church away. Like church was Sunday was church day, you know, and they <laughs> stole like, you know, the NFL was big enough to steal church on Sunday. You know, now it's football Sunday, not church Sunday. Um, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody who's super religious. I, I go to church and I'm, I'm a God fan, man. But reality is, man, is you no know, football dominates Sunday. Um, yeah. So they got their own day of the week. And I think they're smart enough to know that with the Sunday attraction and then the Monday night football and then what they've been able to do with Thursday night football, it's, it's actually become a whole week event, the, the football season now. Like, they, they, they dominate the whole week. Like, it's their own little world. So because of that, I got a little bit more faith that they're going to do everything right and try and there's going to be no rocks on turn. Um, not like baseball. You know, baseball is just, they're looking like the minor league system of professional sports on how to handle COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah. in fucking double A ball right now. But um, I, I like, I think, I think if the NFL sticks to their guns and, and, and they do what they do, I think we could get lucky and, and get a season in. But I tell you what, D, man, you saw today, six Patriots opted out. That's big. Um, Minnesota Vikings' biggest acquisition this year, Michael Pierce. Three years, $30 million, defensive tackle from Baltimore. He was our prize uh, get in the offseason. He just opted out today. Okay, now, that's a big name. It's a big wow. name. You know, and he's got asthma. He's had pneumonia in the past. He's got a history of respiratory issues. And so he called the Vikings up and said, hey, man, I, you know, I know I know, I just signed a mega deal here, and I'm going to be the starting D-tackle, but I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. So, you know, they got to August 3rd for people to opt out, and six Patriots. Uh, Chung was six. one of them. Yeah, and, and Chung uh, was one of them. You know, so, yeah, man, so that's going to – I think that's going to be the thing we're going to talk about is, like, what other big names are going to opt out, and how is that going to change the trajectory of the season? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so that's that's kind of the, the thing right now. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, man, I, I can't wait, man. Training camp started today. Man. Well, they reported today. So Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I know Cliff Kingsbury, uh, head coach of the Cardinals, they, he addressed the media today. Uh, so far, nobody's reported uh, opting out for the Cardinals, but we'll Good. see, man. Uh, Patrick Peterson, he's he has uh, he has diabetes, diabetes uh, underlying, and his uh, his wife's uh, his wife's actually a, an MD. So um, oh, you know wow. she's she's been front line, and you know she might oh, wow. she might be you know she might be influencing him and saying, hey, this is serious. You know, I don't think you should play. So right. we'll see, man. It's a big year for him because last year was contract. So. Uh, yeah, he's been beefing with y'all for a minute over that too, man. Yeah, he's he's been on and off, man. He was first he, he didn't want to be here, want to get traded, and then he's like, oh, I'm good, and then he's like, Nah, I want to get traded because y'all didn't want to pay me when I got suspended, and I'm like, I remember that. Yeah, so it, it's it's been a mess, man. But um, he's he's gonna be big, man. I mean, either way, uh, you know, he, he's gonna be integral to that defense, and and but 
the end of the day, we'll man, it, yeah. we'll see. He might not even play. So, uh, so yeah. 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 All right, man. Before we wrap up here, uh, anything else you got? Nah, man. I'm uh, super excited, man. I think this was this was uh, this is a lot of fun, D. And uh, it's only going to be get more fun with uh, with Friday, man. So, you know, Friday is day one of of this little bubble experiment that we've been waiting for for a long time. So, you know, um, I, I think uh, I think we talked a little off air, and maybe maybe we can uh, let let our listeners know we're gonna we're gonna try to do something. Uh, you know, maybe right after every game, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that something we're talking about? Absolutely. So, it might uh, be a little bit shorter than usual. I know you guys are used to like an hour, hour and 20 minutes, but um going to be a, a short little 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 minute uh, <laughs> breakdown of the game. You know, we, I game, man. Man. We, we, we could talk all day. We could talk ball all day, you know, so right. um, I won't uh, handcuff us. But, but yeah, man, we're going to try and do uh, reactions after every game. Hopefully it's after a win. Um, I think it's safe to say if we don't pull off a win on Friday, that's that's gonna be a rough pod, man. Yeah, we don't pull off one on Friday, we may not do a pod because I might break everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yo, all our coast to coast listeners, if we lose Friday, don't expect the show for a minute because I gotta buy all new equipment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dan might too because I know Dan's building his 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 super studio in the crib. His, his uh, nice little office is going. It's going. So you you might have some holes in the wall, and you know that TV just finished, putting up. <laughs> yeah, I just finished patching up all those damn holes, man. <laughs> yeah. So hey, let's not talk about a lost Friday. Yeah, no, no, nah, man. We, we got we we gotta keep it positive. Then that's my bad. I'm the I'm the fucking I'm the cynical one out of the bunch, <laughs> man. So I, I I I always look at things like you know I I can be optimistic, but I always look at things like in a bad way. So I speak things into existence. Uh, you know, as my friend Paul from Fanny the Flames would say. So, so yeah, I'm going to try not to do that. That's, that's fine, man. You know, we bounce. We, we, we work each other. You know, if, if I'm, you know, we work well together, man. So, you know, we balance each other out well. I love, I love how we do things here. And, yeah, another shout-out to Paul and Justin, man. They're my guys. I got to reach out to them, man. You know, y- y'all took me off the group chat, man. I'm, I'm kind of... <laughs> Yeah, took me off the group chat, man. I know, I know, I'm bad at replying and stuff, but get me back on it, man. Talk, I'll, talk to them and see if I can get back on it in, inside the Wolfpack. I want to get back yeah. inside the Wolfpack. <laughs> we, we got you, man. We, we we got you. We didn't want to, you know, we, we don't want to. We want to blow your phone up. Sometimes, nah. hey, man. Once there, there's been times when we come back or one of us falls asleep early that night, and the next morning we wake up to 50, 60 text messages. So. <laughs> So that shit's like, oh man, I, I gotta go back and read all fifty or sixty. Like, no, nah, I ain't gonna do that. Yeah, so. I get you. I get so, you. So yeah, those, yeah, those guys are cool, man. Those guys, uh, love those guys, man. Those glad, glad I met those guys. Those guys, uh, those guys have become good friends of mine. So cool, da- cool, cool guys yeah. for sure. Yeah, brother. Yeah, man. So yeah, let's. We're looking forward to it, man. This is always fun, D, man. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 talk Friday, man. It's gonna be gonna be interesting. Most definitely, man. All right. This is the Coast to Coast Podcast. We're out. Peace out, Planet Orange.